Harold and Modcast. What's up, uh, Modians? What's up, our faithful Modians? I'm reporting <laughs> to you live from the set of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Phantom of the Opera. What? Starring no. Gerard Butler. That was like, I don't know, eight years ago? That's my favorite movie. Did you go back in time? I went to the set. It still exists. There's actually a guy living there, a <laughs> homeless a guy, <laughs> who now guy. has taken up residency on the set. Cause What's he knows, his name? His name's like James Bonson. What? His name's like Bonson. No. He's my name for a friend named Bonson. Can he sing? Well, he tries to sing on the set, you know, to carry his tune. And Does he sing the famous songs from the move, from the play? For your eyes only. That's not a song from Phantom's Andrew Lloyd Webber eyes. would not like that that was I can considered. see an eye and the other eye is You know, music of the mask. night, angel of music. Angel of the night, <laughs> I saw you singing with a mask on and it frightened <laughs> nope. me. That's Strangers in the Night. Angels in the night time. <laughs> Is that the opening? No. That's Phantom. So my friend Bonson, shout out Bonson. Bonson. Hanging out at the set, the famous Andrew Lloyd Seber set. Hey, shout out to Harlan Williams, because I heard that uh, you saw him and he asked if we're still doing the podcast, because we have him immortalized as uh, one of our pluggers. As one of our uh, faithful Ouija board purchasers. Yeah, was he using the Ouija board? He did. He shattered us out via Ouija, and I sensed it. (laughs) And he was like, I was like, oh my God, he's shouting us out via Ouija board. And then I felt a tickle in my dangus. And I was like, hey, stop using that Ouija board now, Harlan. I got the shout out. Now you gotta like tone down the. Why dingin'. did he get a Ouija board? Did he tell you? Well, yeah, he said he was like uh, seeing a girl that wanted to said, do the Ouija. Yeah, do a little Ouija action. Then apparently he used it on the Tom Green show to, <laughs> what? Do, to do a rake on instead of a seance. <laughs> and it was him and a rake, and they were trying to channel the rakes like. Uh, dead child and i guess are you serious it came and there was a little rake and it showed up and uh yeah you can watch it can on tom green's that? uh web web series or web show all right i kind of want to watch that actually yeah i did i told him i'd watch it i'd be like dude i gotta see that that's sounds like a great use of a ouija board i want to tell everybody about my recent obsession what is it it's a funny song that i can't get out of my head so okay. i'm gonna sing it it goes like this Baking pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I put it in a pancake. <laughs> bacon pancakes, that's what I'm gonna make. Bacon pancakes. So your obsession is bacon, bacon pancakes. pancakes. Making bacon and you pancakes. And made a song out of it. Making, I can't take credit for the song, unfortunately. Why? Who did the song? It's from my favorite cartoon, Adventure Time. Oh, okay. And Hugh Jackman sings it too. He does. Yep, you gotta see it. It's on his Instagram. All right, Go yeah, he's Jackman. pretty active on his Instagram. And that's actually John DiMaggio, the voice of Bender, who does the voice of Jake the Dog on Adventure Time. Oh. Baking pancakes, making bacon pancakes. It's like took over the internet. Everyone on YouTube has their own like rendition of bacon pancakes. <laughs> really? So I want to do one. You just did. Well, it's sort of a yeah, very makeshift, di- very sort of straight on, very direct interpretation of do you have an interpretive dance that goes with it because that would be the thing if you had the dance to go with it we could i have an interpretive dance for everything my whole life is an interpretive dance i think most people realize that by now that my life is is just an interpretive dance commenting on my own life (laughs) 
Yeah, so bacon pancakes, check it out. That's check all that's out. that's the message for today is bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Bacon pancakes. Bake some bacon and I put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, <laughs> that's what I'm gonna make. Bacon pancakes. Yeah, dude. So cool. what's up? So what's up is uh we've got a uh we saw Mad Max Fury Road. First up, Mad Max Fury Road, bitch. Yep. That's like our first exciting summer movie to discuss. Yeah. and to I guess be, which it's is a summer funny movie. Because we did see Avengers. Well, we did. And we talked about it last time. Yes. But I have to say, this was a much more thrilling ride than Avengers was. Fuck yeah. It kind of shits on Avengers. I think this is probably one of the best action movies of the last 10 years or more. That's a bold statement. Not really. I mean, action movies kind of suck now. They're all PG-13. They all are kind of like fucking colorful, bing bong, like crash bang boom nonsense most of it's superhero stuff yeah so really this is really a the fucking it's an interesting sort of like ode to the ages and then with a spin of like the modern day technology and the sort of scale and scope i feel like this is the movie that george miller always kind of wanted to make yep but just didn't have the bandwidth to do it because the scale of, well, the, the movie's awesome. The movie's, for starters. yeah, it got ninety eight percent by critics on Rotten Tomatoes. By critics, and I mean, I, I, I agree. And, it's, be, and it's the funny thing about so it is, good. it's an action movie first. That's the it thing. Is first. It's really not. It's not like there's this like drag out story, and you get this one really cool chase scene. Mm-hmm. It's mostly like a ninety minute chase scene, but there is still enough of a story there. And enough of, like, good performances right. there that it is, it carries you over. There's no, like, fucking end of the second act lull where they all sort of talk about their problems. And, and a 20-minute like, extra that's yeah. not... I mean, it's a very simple story. It's literally Charlize Theron plays... Furiosa. Furiosa. Imperial Furiosa. And, and if those of you don't know the Mad Max uh, franchise... And you started, suck. Yeah. First of all, you, you're stupid and it you suck. It started with Mel Gibson, and it was an Australian film called Mad Max. Max three Australian films yeah well I think the last one was was it Australian well still George Miller yeah still George Miller but um the second one was the Road Warrior which kind of like when I was growing up was the one that was sort of the culty hit and and by that time Mel Gibson was famous Mm -hmm. when he first did Mad Max he was only really known in Australia he wasn't very well known and by the time the Road Warrior came along he was people knew him and it was very edgy and i mean it still kind of holds up but like you said this is almost like i would say because the third one sucked supposedly thunderdome or under the thunderdome yeah mad max beyond beyond the thunderdome it's tina Tina turner Turner. it's super 80s and there's like a theme song (sighs) yeah we don't need another hero yep (laughs) (laughs) yeah but the the second one to me they sort of tapped into the integrity of the second one and so it's max who's this guy in an apocalyptic tom hardy is the actor who plays him right and like the mel gibson one where he's like they're all their goal is to get gasoline they're always on this this quest for gasoline and it's the desert freaking you know, wasteland Wasteland. It's like salt mine, desert yeah. fucking scenario. I don't know why the quest isn't for water. Although they do touch on that in this version of yeah. it. Yeah. But it's, it's so, always been gas though. It's always been petrol. It's always been petrol. And, and Charlize plays like a female one who's sort of been assimilated into this w- bad group of people. Yep. 
Um, and she's sort of like sexually ambiguity, ambiguous, 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 yeah. And yeah, I think that's a part a of her character because most of the women are either like sex slaves or fucking peasants or something. And yeah. sort of like who it, it's run by this character named Immortan Joe, which sort of looks like Skeletor and Darth uh-huh. Vader. It's an interesting mix of, uh, sort of uh he has this sort of ventilator mask with these yep. teeth that are set into Ooh. it and this like pale pale skin and this long fucking hair it's a fairly interesting character very design. interesting character i mean the make i mean let's talk about i mean that's a whole other thing we can get into but like we will but the, so her character has we see and and what i love about it too is there's no getting us into what's happening like the, like, the year is boom. this it's like, this year she's so this out. has happened no yeah it's well just- well you see max and he like the very beginning is so fast-paced and you see them him being captured like he's instantly captured like in the first <laughs> five minutes of the movie he's captured by this group and tries is- to escape and well, yeah, he's driving, and they like the the one part I didn't like is because he has this wicked car, and like literally it's totaled in you the first the scene, car. and I he know. never gets to drive his car again. I, I was like, no, I wanted to see him tear up the landscape in that fucking badass like r- fucking muscle car, and it's literally the first scene, and then you see it again later, but it's some fucking Jamuk bad it's guy been driving created it. into something else. Yeah, yeah, and then they're chasing them with his car, I'm like ah, but they, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, so he gets captured by this society. It's basically like a cult society and they're all they're painted in white and they have these black painted eyes and they really look sort of like mummy zombies yeah and, they do look zombies and they have these tattoos and they they show him being sort of his hair being cut and tattooed and he he gets away from them momentarily and, and there's this little the whole chase sequence scene. is incredible it's all sort of sped it's up like chore- film it's well and, choreographed the whole yeah. like dance of it it's amazing yeah, because there's like 10 guys chasing him. And then he gets to the very edge of this giant cliff. There's a crane yep. and he's shackled with chains. And so he jumps with his chains and loops them around the hook of the crane and gets away. But he swings out, which makes and him swing back, back in. Yep. And they're waiting there to grab him. And then they miss him the first time. And he swings back out and they get him the second yeah. time. And then they, the craziest part is when they they get him and they're pulling him in. And then one of them covers his face with like this weird fucking cloth. Oh, and it looks right. so like dehumanizing. It's just like that face gets covered it's almost like a like a thick fucking saran wrap cloth thing and it just sort of like sucks onto his face you're just yeah, like oh, was, oh my god bleh. and then they start bleeding him they like harvest his blood he becomes a blood bag blood bag or blood He's bank literally or blood bag. Yeah. but so but after that opening scene cut to Charlie's leave leading a posse with a war machine truck, yeah, like a convoy, and petrol convoy, because they're gonna go fill up this. War. It's called petrol. the it's called the war rig, right? And it's this giant oil tanker, like semi semi truck oil tanker that's been sort of fitted with these gun turrets that used to be VW bugs. Right, that was it's, cool. It's all like Transformers meets, but it's like cooler than Transformers because it's, it's all like futuristic fucking junkyard retro. It's like retro. junkyard parts. So everywhere. it pays out homage again to the original movies and then also like f- totally steps up like the fucking yes. freak level of this stuff man i know the, just the conceptual design of the automobiles and then the mm-hmm. characters and how it all stays true to the universe it's one of the most interesting things i think i've ever seen but definitely the production design and art, like art direction the, the art direction is fantastic and she so she's leading this convoy and she takes a turn and like goes off yeah the veers path. off and that happens like right away so you re- so here's the plot of the film 
she's escaping with what we find out to be the wives of this guy. And Morton Joe's has like these five wives that he just uses to harvest children. But they call them the breeders, his top breeders. Yeah, these are my breeders and that's my property and your belly is my property. Right. Well, and then also when they're, as as she's leaving, they cut back to like Morton Joe's sort of like hideout HQ where he, his like throne is and stuff. And there's these like women just being breastfed. Oh, that was a very creepy scene. And they're like these giant, like three, 400 pound women with these pumps attached to their breasts and they're just like milking these women for yep. the breast milk because it's a source of food you know because there's yeah. no food so they're like milking women and then he has this sort of giant sort of bank vault safe that he opens and inside that there is where he keeps his wives and right. they're all gone they're all gone and then he discovers them being gone and at the same time that little like primordial the blob dwarf guy dwarf, who was the dwarf from twin peaks the david lynch twin peaks yeah. the original one the original which one. was which is appropriate because that whole scene with the women being milked was very david lynch a lot like it yeah. just had this very weird blue velvety kind of and it was not like paid to mind it. to like it was totally like an just afterthought like, it, is, it wasn't yeah. like look at this look how weird this is no. it was just sort of like panning by it's yep. like women being milked Holy fucking shit. And they're like looking at the grade of the milk and then he takes a sip of it. Yeah, it's really fucking, you know, gross. It's creepy and weird and interesting and fucking cool. And then they're on the chase. And and meanwhile, our friend Max becomes Nicholas Holt, who's one of these... Like Hot, sorry, who becomes one of these from, you know, X-Men and etc. And um, he... He beca- he is one of the the slave guys or whatever they are his yeah, henchmen. One of the uh, yeah, but, but he's sickly or something, and so well, he he's needs- the one who's getting Max's blood. He's getting Max's blood, and he literally they just refer to him as his is his blood bank or his blood bag. And it's cool because the way they communicate with each other, the the sort of like bad guys, they talk like uh the uh, if you've read the Dark Knight Rises by Frank Miller, there's that the mutant gang, so they talk in sort of sentence fragments mm. and it's all sort of broken English like, yeah, slice of dice. You're not ready. You can't go. You can't take the ride. I can take the ride. I got my blood bag. Or it's that kind of thing. Yeah, so they're yeah. kind of yelling and biting at each other back and forth. Yeah, it's kind of like, no, too weak. You can't ride. No, I'm ready for the big ride like, like it's, yeah. it's interesting sort of dialogue and it's a lot like the mutant gang from mm-hmm. dark Knight rises which is a really good graphic novel if you haven't read it and which is a lot like david manamit the way he speaks and his plays and that whole thing was kind of influenced by that supposedly. Oh, okay. side note and then also the uh, his buddy is um plays young striker in x-men days of uh, future past in all of the X-Men. Yeah, he was in the X-Men first class, too. Was he? Oh, yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's... But you don't even recognize them. They're all, like, all with the white... Shaved and the heads. And the they shaved have no heads. hair. They have no really... And nothing that would identify them as being a, a individual. It's sort of like you're stripped of your individuality. You're given these sort of brands and these tattoos, like, on your forehead. And, like, everything you do is to get to Valhalla and to, like, die for Immortan Joe, who's basically treated as a god body. Mm. And, they're, like, the scene before, like, they cut... they uh, Heroes of Veers off, there's a scene where uh, Immortan Joe, there's, like, these giant sort of uh ravine like 
water fucking systems and he turns them on and all like the peasants at the bottom they get like five seconds of water being surged yeah, on top of them which is almost worse than getting none and then he just cuts it off yeah. he's like don't worry friend and his voice like that voice yeah. that it's, it's cooler which than the which is an ode voice. to the, the originals yeah and I mean it's hard to top that original from Road Warrior that just walk away yeah and he's fucking big and buff with yep. that like metal hockey mask yep. and 100 degree heat it's an interesting like you know they really fucking stepped up from there it's cool and and so here we are on the road on fury road you know going through like really treacherous terrain well they get hip to her she's veering off she's going off and they're like okay get in and like and morton joe has his giant suck fucking like basically like a a a monster truck but that has like a a 1960s cadillac coupe de ville on top of it and then on top of that there's like a second smaller cab that's been sort of like soldered onto the top of that coupe de ville it's just really interesting well and then the guitar player we have to mention well there's so much though (laughs) it's really like this movie is totally a feast for the eyes like it's the best way to describe it you have to see it twice because there's so many automobiles and once they get into that like convoy rush chasing after the war rig there's literally like 30 different cars each one is individually like made and designed Mm -hmm. and each person has their own fucking like steering wheel that's theirs and it's and that's a thing yeah they hold on to this they hold on they have to get it and like latch it onto the fucking drivetrain or whatever and then and like i was saying to you like the coolest part about all the accessories and the costumes is like every little thing looks like it has its own backstory. Yeah. Like every accessory, every set of like driving goggles or steering wheel yep. or fucking like little sidearm gun or holster. It looks like I got this off a dead body in the fucking ravine of right. fucking misery where we killed <laughs> or whatever the acid baths of Shangri-La or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's everything. Is, it's so detailed and it looks like it's all been used and worn and like it's right. really like has a fucking purpose purpose you know yeah and it was it's hard to do that in a movie and then a lot of times you don't really get to focus on them like they put all this work into props right like they just sort of like skim over it but like in this you can really tell like they put a lot of fucking thought into you do kind of have to see it a couple times i would go back and see it a second just to see the stuff just to look at it again because it's really fast moving once they're on the (laughs) on the chase everything's really fast paced and the action is really like you know no pun intended high octane like yeah. high octane yeah. <laughs> and like you said there's this giant sort of like r- fucking war music and fucking guitar dump truck guy. guy yeah there's this guy who's playing a guitar and he's attached to like a fucking bungee system yep. And there's a giant just sort of rack, like Marshall stack Flames behind him. Flames coming out of it. Flames coming out of the guitar, all these speakers. And then behind that are these just like war drummers. Doom, yep. doom, doom. So it's like they're basically like, like a war convoy. Yeah. Like a fucking war parade, you yeah. know, going to war. It's interesting. It's incredibly well thought out. And and the fast, some of it, you're kind of watching how fast when they're chasing. Mm-hmm. How do they pull some of this shit off? Because it's mm-hmm. not, C- I mean, I'm not sure much. there's some CGI. There definitely is, yeah. Yeah, but there's a lot of it stunt work. And like professional stunt drivers and yeah. shit. Like it's unbelievable. And I saw some like pictures and stuff of the, and there's this one stuntman who's retiring after this movie and he's worked on every single Mad Max really? with George Miller. And like he was like, I think he was like the stunt advisor or something, but he retired after this. He's been doing it 40 years as a stunt, as a stunt wow. man, you know? 
And that's the other thing is that it is so high, like fast paced and stuff. But like the action never gets like cluttered or muddy. No, not like, at all. Uh, like Transformers, for example, where it just yeah. looks like moving metal, and you're like, what? Who's winning? Or like, what's happening? Right. And that Michael Bay, like, there's just too much, too right. many explosions. Like, there's some, there's a, like a semblance of that, but it never gets cluttered to the eye. Like, you always are like, whoa, fuck, holy shit. Yeah. You know, like you want to see it again. Whereas Transformers, like, oh, I never want to see that again. I don't even know what happened. I, I don't know, even care. I don't, remember, I don't care. I don't fucking care at all. Well, they keep the story very simple, but yet it works. And I mean, Max is this guy who's kind of like, you don't know what his story is. He Well, he ends up, so what happens is... And he's plagued by these voices and stuff, though. Like, you yeah. see from the very beginning that he's sort of plagued by... Clearly, he like, like let down little, his family. It's like little his girl, little version of himself. No, it's yeah. a boy. But is it a boy? Yeah, it's a boy. Oh yeah. Well, it's like yeah. It's like his child self, his inner child, and it like keeps him from like taking action. Like he almost right. gets away from the guys, and then that the kid pops the kid up and it pops scares up and him, stops him. Yeah, and he's like fuck, and then they grab him. You know what I yeah. mean? But it's all in his head. So he's definitely a troubled man, like on a journey to like escape his right. trouble. So the characters are interesting, but the story is simple. It's simple, but so Max ends up kind of you know, unwittingly sort of helping Charlize out because he's the blood, he's the blood bag with, and, and Nicholas Hote's like truck gets toppled and he ends up attached to him and he's like passed out Nicholas Holt. And, um, well, there's a giant electrical storm that sort of like, diverts the whole fucking war fucking train that's after them and everyone they get sucked up into the giant like tornadoes and there's fucking thunder crashing oh it's almost like a desert like sandstorm yeah it's like a desert sandstorm but it's also sort of electrical storm shamald sandstorm mixed with hurricane it's like some it looks like a fucking something that would happen after a post-apocalyptic wars right right thing like that's a storm that no one's ever seen seen before yeah Yeah. that happens all the time yeah you know and so after that Nicholas Holt's car is the only one that could get that like he's the only one that ended up keeping up with the war. Right. Everyone gets lost in the storm. And what happens is mm. I can't remember if he crashes the car or he crashes the I can't remember if he crashes it or Max crashes it, but they end up crashed. Yeah. And, and Nicholas Holt's passed out. He's passed out and he's and Max is attached to him by like by an the IV bag and, and an chain. IV but also on a chain yeah. and, he, and then the and he door and he has a metal mask over yeah. his face so he ends up at the war rig holding Nick like carrying Nicholas Holt over yeah. his shoulder a door of uh-huh. a car and like a chain and a metal mask a metal over his face and there he is mask. with the girls all getting water all over themselves well yeah he sees them up. like that's why you were running away because there's these like yeah. five girls and they're all in like pure white and yep. it's like very symbolic of what they are right. and who they are and like how they're different from the rest of this world yeah and yeah someone was saying I read an article like in their little sort of lockdown place there's a like a piano and there's artwork and right. it's like the only it's like the last pieces of culture uh-huh. are like sort of in this place with these women where he keeps them so they don't get hurt and they're not touched by anybody else right and so then he sees them and they were hiding out in the in the fucking cab of the war ring, yeah and they're cleaning themselves off and he, he kind of comes upon them and what's her name uh, Charlize, Charlize is yeah. like gonna kill him like they go they start instantly they fight they instantly, yeah. and that's a good fight I mean yeah, and what was awesome. really cool about that was Whenever they do a fight where it's sort of like crossing that tube taboo of a man beat, you know, hitting a woman and they're going toe to toe, I've never seen it done this way where you sort of lose sight of any of the taboos or mm-hmm. what if it matters because you you realize you're sort of in this post apocalyptic world 
where sex is like the, the those things don't have the same sort of meaning no. except for the fact that they're still being sex breeded yeah but but outside of that she's equal in many ways well it's so much about survival that it doesn't really matter yeah. there's not like the stigma isn't behind it because the stakes are so high so it's not like oh you got slapped by a girl oh, no like, there's no no yeah. they're fighting it's i mean he he wins he ends he's up bigger, winning, but it keeps but shifting it shifts and it, she's yeah, a good fight on she top, and then she's on sells top, it and she has this, this metal arm like she has oh, yeah, a prosthesis. she's missing an arm yeah and, and it's replaced with like a metal brace metal pers- brace yeah. hand that she can use. mechanical yeah, yeah. it's yeah, usable but uh yeah and it's funny because yeah the stakes are so high that it doesn't really matter what sex you are and she has a shaved head and she has like the top of half of her face covered with like axle grease right like, black paint and so yeah you don't really think about it and it keeps shifting and then then she's on top and then he's got her and then she punches him right back in the face yeah. and it's really interesting to watch and the whole time he like nicholas Holt is starting to wake up and stuff and right so you don't know who's the enemy and, he's is. The t- and then he sort of wakes up and then hits it. like and then all of yeah. a sudden like who's on top here and it 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 ends up being that they all sort of help help each other well down the line another interesting part was when mad max wakes up and in what's his name nick uh, holt is uh passed out in the car and the car's like completely like submerged in sand right so he has oh, to right. dig them up out of the sand and they're attached and so what he do- does is there's a little sawed off shotgun and he like grabs grabs the gun and like holds it up to hit the the nicholas holt's arm to like literally just like shoot his hand off so he can free himself from being attached right. to him and he pulls it and like it fizzes it, out yeah. and like doesn't shoot and that's a stupid that's another like nod easter egg to the road warrior right where he gets the, the they give him these two shotgun shells and one of them's like all dried out and it just yep. crumbles in his hand and that was a funny nod because in road warrior he uses that sawed off shotgun like that's the whole right movie. yeah that's he does weapon, yeah it's his much. weapon uh and he has the dog in that his one dog, too yeah. yeah but it so one of the things uh, i mean the fast pacedness of it is really incredible. Like the way they stage and choreograph the fight sequences and just like, so, and like he, there's, so, I think there's a quote in the beginning where it says it's all about survival or he says it, it's like the, all it is, it, is yeah. just about survival. And you can see that so much in that scene, what you're talking, the scene yeah. you're talking about when he's just with complete, like automatic precision about to shoot the guy's hand off yeah he'd literally so quickly and just picking everything up and like just it's literally about keep moving keep moving to survive Mm -hmm. in a way you just you don't see in other kind of survival things it's very advanced and it's very smart science fiction too when you think about it it's apocalyptic but it's really science fiction too yeah it's like futuristic yeah and um it, there's so much in here. There's so much of this film. Yeah, I mean, so like, they lose them the first time through the electrical storm, but then basically after the fight, Max is like, I'm taking the war rig, I'm leaving. But then there's this sort of like uh, emergency s- switch system on the car that just disables it. And he can't take it. it, right. And so they have to sort of agree to disagree, him and Charlie Theron, and they end up sort of working together, and he's sort of just doing it for his own needs to get away from right. the group because he wants to survive but it's not really like let's work together and be like friends you know right and, and meanwhile nicholas hout is left behind mm-hmm. and he sort of rejoins the war his the bad guys mm-hmm. but he will eventually he eventually turns yeah because like, he ends up like he has a piece of one of the girls like 
swaddling clothes or whatever so he can show them and that he, he shows saw it them. to him yeah. and joe and he's like look look what could i have and like earlier they treat this guy joe like a god and so when he, like you remember he makes eye contact with uh nicholas so when he's driving he's like he looked at me yeah he, he thinks right he's at me. A, it's like he's a rock star yeah, he's, he's literally like he's a rock like a star god, he's a god. Though, like a fucking like man jesus walking kind of thing right you know? it's interesting and what was all, the like, thing with the silver paint around their lips? I don't know. It's a thing of, it's like a sort of like dying ceremony thing. Like they spray their, I don't know if it's paint or if it's like a drug, but yeah. they spray their mouths with this like, literally looks like silver spray paint, like right. Krylon. And they do it like right before they go like do a jihad, like yeah, suicide. Yeah. Another cool thing were those like fucking grenade spears. There's these weapons yes. that they kept using and it's like these spears and at the end it's like a <laughs> fashion bomb. And so when they th- chuck the spear just explodes on the car yeah. and you see that like and there's all these different little tribes like those guys oh, that right. look like tuscan raiders that were going to attack the war rig when she's oh she makes the road. a deal they think they, they do look like tuscan raiders. so she so she gets through this like canyon area that literally it does a lot of it looks like tan- tatooine like yeah. the set like the at the you know the the desert look and everything but she's in sort of this canyon area that literally looks like that scene in star wars mm-hmm. and there's they she's made a deal with these guys for the petrol yeah and they come but they say to you cross. didn't tell us there was going to be a big war party yeah and she ends up like having to take off and then now she's got them on her back them like, too yeah and they're fighting. They end up fighting the other war party. And they they sort of they f- either blow up or shoot out this this sort of arc of the the passage, this like rock arc, and it collapses and like sort of blocks the the passage of the whole war party behind them. And so they have time to get away, and they, they end up. Uh, and Morton Joe uses his um, monster truck to go over it, right. and so it's just the one truck chasing them at this point. But the rest of them get over it. Yeah, but they yeah. have to clear the passage to get through. So at the right. time, because remember, he's chasing them and then they have the one woman is pregnant. One of the one wives is pregnant. pregnant yep. And she sort of like sacrifices herself to like get away in a sense. Yeah. She's sort of like stopping uh, them from shooting at the truck by like putting her body out the right. front because she's pregnant with his kid. And uh, she ends up getting killed too. She ends up getting crushed uh, when the when the thing cra- when the truck crashes into yep. the side of the wall, the uh, rock face. And uh, yeah, she loses the baby too when they like sh- they deliver the baby, but it's yeah, dead. In, like, and he's the pissed, and it was a male baby. And through, like backdoor medicine, yeah, surgery. It's like fucking nasty. I know. Yeah, it's and then Nicholas Hout is on is back with Charlize and Mad Max cause, but he's sort of hidden in the back and they don't know he's there and one of the girls finds him and he's sort of like he, it's like he's disheartened from yeah the, yeah yeah, yeah. He, he turns he has like a turnaround of like fuck well because they turned on him because yeah, he's like gonna go do it he's gonna go help them out and mm-hmm. they fling him there but he misses and like smacks and like drops the gun and drops the fucking the cloth or whatever and like ends up getting thrown off and they they're just like you they're failed like, oh you failed, you failed. there's a word what is the word he says like unworthy or mm-hmm. something like yeah something like that not good or something like that yeah you failed me forget it and he's totally disheartened but so there so now there's this like little unit together working together and we find out that they're going to where Charlize was born 
which was supposedly this beautiful green. They called it the Green Place. Yeah, the Green Place. And that's where Charlize sort of sold the girls on going. Like, I'll take you to this place where I was born and raised before I was captured. Yeah. And I guess it was like a place of all women because you find out later when they get there. She's like, this is it. And there's like a woman naked in a tower. And Mad Max is like, that's bait. That's bait. And it's funny because he has like maybe 50 lines. Yeah, he doesn't speak the, a lot. In the whole movie. But you really feel for him by the end. Yeah. Like, you're like oh, this is not a, this isn't a Mad Max movie. Like, no, it's it's a Mad Max yeah, movie Yeah, it's for a Mad sure. Max movie. And, uh, but before they get there, remember they go through that area with the crows that's like this muddy yeah. like swamp land, and apparently that's what it turned into. Yeah, and there's these like crow men on stilts yeah, that and was trudging so through the interesting. mud. Yeah, it reminded me of like Labyrinth or the Dark Crystal or something. Like, yeah. one of, like a Jim Henson thing or something. It oh, was really cool. The production design on it was incredible. But so they go, they go past that area. They don't know what it is. And they find this woman who's bait. And then they then these old women on bikes show up. Motorcycles with guns. Like and old like, women. We're talking 65 plus. And, yeah. But they have long hair. And they're like these tough Aussie broads. Mm-hmm. And like, taking care of themselves out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, they're like these like scavenger tribes women and they have like old guns and yeah they have, they're really good shot with yeah it and, they're yeah. really they can take care of themselves i mean it's definitely a very girl power movie but not in a like ram it down your face we did this on purpose yeah. way in a like a, in a very sort of clever but it all makes sense it all works together and it's just in, and and like here's what could become in the future everyone has to survive in their own way and so they they kind of now they're teamed up with these older women mm-hmm. and Max convinces them that they have to go back to the Citadel. Well, Max was going to leave because he was like, going to okay, leave. We're free. Those guys got stuck in the mud back in that fucking like crow swamp, night which used swamp to be the area, green place. which was then that's what Charlize finds out once they meet up with the old women. And yeah. she has this total like sort of meltdown, like breakdown. And she's like, well, we got 160 miles worth of gas. We're just going to go as far away from this place as we can. And Max has been, like, making this map on a piece of fabric, like, from all his travels. Right. And he's like, if you go this way, it's just salt. Like, yeah. Like, 160 miles that way where you're going is salt. Die. But if you go back that way, there's green and there's water. He's like, yeah, it's a Morton Joe's hideout. And you have to go through them He'd to have get to, go to back. it. They have to merge with them mm-hmm. and fight them again. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, there's, you know, there's either nothing, nothing or the chance of something. Right. You know, and so they all decide to turn back with the war rig and like they have some ammunitions and yep. some weapons and they all decide to work together to go and back. And at this point, and, Nicholas Hote's on their side. Yeah, and, he's on the side and he's yeah. willing to help them. And he sort of has this thing with one of the brides, one of the... Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and so they end up having to go back and face the guys and and it's like epic proportions epic proportions and the epic chase battle scene yeah because it's not just like a fight scene because everything's moving yes everything's everything's constantly moving you barely have breaks so like you're not only is it like a badass sort of like you know the siege fight scene but it's also on you know vehicles that are moving at an 80 clicks or whatever you right. know, 100 clicks 100 miles an hour yeah you know and there's these giant sort of like swaying beams that they use that to sort was of, one of the really cool like, things these weighted beams on the back of these trucks and on the very top is like a fucking psycho guy right so it, like leans into the truck and he grabs one of the brides and then it pulls back up again yeah and then he drops her off so they keep leaning on the truck and then they get on there yeah. and they're like ah and they the old ladies are shooting them and yeah they have these weapons and a couple of them die 
buy. Yeah, and, you some know, make it and some don't. Yeah, but, like uh, as it would be, you know. Yeah, as it would be. And but and that's that's the film. I mean, and they end up getting there with losses, but with, and and it ends with Max kind of going off on his own into the. You know, well, the scene where Charlize ends up sort of killing Joe is really cool. Yeah, because like the war rig's like right on top of uh, his monster truck, and it's like ramming into them. And there's these guys on, from behind, and the guitar guy's there too, and his truck's there, and that guy ends up getting killed too. The the, the guitar fucking guy's truck ends up crashing yeah. with all the speakers and shit. And then uh, what happens is Charlize sort of gets on the car, and one of the wives is in the car with Joe, and he's gonna like take her and kill her and whatever and she has one of those like grappling hook sort of like car wenches and she just says to him like remember me and she hooks the fucking uh car uh, grappling hook onto his little ventilator yeah. mask and it like rips the whole yeah. bottom of his face off and you, you see it very quick but it's completely gory yeah. but it's so f- such a flash of action that you don't really like it's not like you know holding on to it but you're still you see it all of it you're like whoa right. fuck that is intense and he just like instant death you know probably broke his neck and like tore the whole bottom jaw off his yep. face and stuff it's epic and then it's she brings huge. his head back to the citadel they bring his whole body back because yeah. it's he's, it's on top of the car and under a white sheet and uh, the the whole like drawbridge sort of man, like engineering that they use it's all like done to get by into foot the power city, to yeah. like raise and lower the cars into yeah their little city yeah it looks kind of like temple of doom it like looks the like little medieval. boys like yeah because these giant sort of spin wheels and it's all yeah. just like a hundred feet pushing this giant spin which lowers it and there's these giant like fucking buff guys and leather aprons and gas masks and they have the giant levers and all these yeah. children and it's like the children yeah. that are covered in white with the black eyes i'm not sure what the cult is called i wish i can't i don't know i don't yeah, know what the group is called i could refer to him as that but i don't know but yeah they use that and they're lowering the drawbridge and then that little dwarf guy's like wait stop like who's in there it's because it's joe's car but right. it's max and then he gets out and he gets on the hood and he like removes the sheet and they show Joe from like afar and you see like his tongue sort of hanging yeah, out gross. just loose yeah and they're like Joe's dead Joe's dead yep. and all the fucking peasants rush the car and they're being hoisted up on the the drawbridge mechanism thing with the car because they haven't of, been allowed in no no before. of course not yeah and they were kicked off when yeah. they were trying to get up before yeah and so they all get to kind of go up to the top where yep. they've never been allowed before and and as they're going up it's uh, Charlize and all the wives and a couple of the older ladies that survived and they're going up and then she looks down and Max is in like the crowd of peasants and like yeah. he's not there and How he's not like he reaping there? the rewards. Kinda, like, he kind of like got down yeah. while they were raising it up, I guess. Because he it's was like, on oh, the there truck. He is in the f- yeah. crowd. Yeah, and he just sort of looks up and then they just have a moment looking at each other. And yeah. And then just takes and, off. Yeah. Go and then he gets lost in the crowd pretty much. Yeah. Which is like weird because it's, it's weird because the movie resolves, but like he is not resolved no. clearly. And he even says to her, like, this if we go back and take over Joe's place, you have a chance for redemption. Because right. that was her thing is like redeeming herself and getting redemption. Oh, yeah. She wanted redemption. That yeah. Was and he's like, thing. you can get redemption this way is yeah. what he says but to he her. But he hasn't gotten whatever. We don't know this is up for the next movie. That's to the find funny out thing is that like happen. it's unsettled for Max. Like yeah. the fact that he's willing to like leave through a crowd of 
thousands of people and just walk away from it all. Just like yeah. this giant victory for the, all the people he's willing to walk away from And go out where he said there was nothing. Yeah, like, That's so where is he going? He's like, where is he going? Because he said this is the only place that there is any kind of resources. Yeah, as far as he knows. Yeah. So he's maybe he's willing to just keep fucking Looking. adding to that yeah. map. He wants to add to the map, man. Yeah. It's interesting because they just announced that there's going to be a sequel to this mm-hmm. and it's called Mad Max The Wasteland. So okay. like that's clearly what's happening, you know. Is anyone from this existing film in maybe, it? Maybe, maybe Charlize. I don't know how they would tie how her back tie into the story, in, yeah. but probably, you know. It's good. It's really good. I'd give it a nine point five, maybe. Yeah, a 10. I'd give it like a nine and a half, ten, yeah. eight, nine point yeah. eight. Like there's nothing about it as an action movie that I would complain about, you know. I I don't or as I a would movie. either. I mean, like it's better than some like Oscar worthy movies. It really are, is. It's, it's more tight. entertaining. It's tight. It's really well edited. Yeah. There's nothing in there's no scenes that you're like, oh, that could have been totally left out. You know, I don't need to know about your like first love and before no, no. everything it, happened. The and, script is tight, the story, it moves. And quite frankly, if they weren't so prejudiced about the genre in award ceremonies, it should be an Oscar contender. Well, it's worthy of being an Oscar contender from like a production, production value. wardrobe for sure, makeup for sure, effects for sure. Yeah, you know what I mean. Cinematography. Like, yeah, there's a lot of things. Uh, that there's that movie so many things could be nominated for, and it's like 40 years in the making. Yeah, you know, he start. He made the first one 40 years ago. The last one was made in like 85. Was that when it was made? Wow, or 87 or something like yeah. that. It was, you know, Tina Turner 80s era. Yeah, and so you wait all this time later, and did you know that they finished? They wrapped this movie in 2012. Like this movie was finished what? shooting in 2012. So all the post was done for two years? Three I don't know years? if the post was done. It probably might have been done. It's just, you know, things get pushed back with yeah. release and stuff. I think a lot of it was probably that in itself. It was just like, wow. when do we release this and getting it right with the studios and yeah. that sort of thing. So it didn't get released till because I remember hearing it being shot like Tom Hardy's Mad Max. Yeah, yeah, and that like was a long that, time like, ago. Years That's ago, true. like four years ago, I remember hearing Tom Hardy's going to be Mad Max, and I was like, "That's a good idea." Yeah, it's, and he I does. Mean, he, he's great in it. He see, we owns it, and I believe him. Yeah, I totally believe him, I, and it's a refreshing change from the Avengers shtick and the which, Marvel universe. In the Marvel universe, yeah. and it's it's really it's smart apocalyptic it's smart action it's smart everything and it's, it's just... not cheesy there's no like cheesy jokes and it's it's still rated r it's not like we could rate it up but we're gonna keep it pg-13 nope, nope. and like granted pitch perfect like made 70 million dollars but course, this one still made like 45 yeah million. it made it, or, it made a good number yeah, of money and i think it will continue to make money throughout the summer i'll tell you you know like walking dead fans will like it yeah because it's you know people especially early adapters of people who are on walking dead from the first season from the pilot on will love this movie and game of Thrones fans will like yeah it, you game know? of Thrones fans will like if it if you like dramatic tv with you know cool fight scenes and action scenes you're gonna like this movie yeah and there's nothing really that i could say that like bothered me about no it. i can't either i actually think i would give it a 10 because it was so prompt it really sort of stuck to like the very <laughs> base story yeah. and then the characters were interesting enough that that carried through what was like already you already sort of knew what was going to happen in the beginning but you didn't mind because the characters were interesting and the action was really good yeah and the acting was really good the acting's really good charlie's yeah. is great and the detailing great. like Everybody's i said great. the accessorizing and the designing of the different cars and the costumes yeah. it should be nominated for costume design and production design yeah and, and art makeup. design and makeup and yeah 
Well, speaking of Game of Thrones, because we should keep moving here. Um, latest episode. Latest episode was... Unbent, Unbound, Unbroken, I was, think it was called. Whatever. It was the Sansa deflowering episode in a harsh way. Yeah, I guess in there's the a wrong lot of flack way. on that on the internet. Is there? Yeah, a lot of people are like really upset. Someone even made like a video of like all the horrible things that have happened. And, and this like, is the worst? This has now been wow. like... Well, it's like the most complained about. It just shows you where fucking sensitivities lie. Well, you we know what I mean? had that reaction. Yeah. We had the reaction of, all right, you can cut off Ned Stark's head... You, you can, can squish Dorn's squish, head. Although we didn't like that either. Yeah, that was but, fucked up too. That was like, oh. But Sansa being raped basically by Ramsey Snow Bolton? No. I'm yeah, sorry. I was just like, no. And I really thought Reek was going to have a Theon moment of Reek. fucking re- redemption and like step up. I think and, that is yet to come. I think it might come though. I think I'm still holding out for that moment where he's like, I'm not Reek anymore. I'm Theon. Well, when's he going to tell her? That he didn't really kill her brothers, because she still thinks he murdered her two little brothers, and they're yeah. actually still alive. And they are still alive, but two innocent children are dead. Yeah, so he's not a great guy. I mean, let's face it, Theon did bad things. He but did, like, immature, dumb things. Did dumb things like, in the quest to find his his father's love. And, like, greatness And for forgetting. Himself. But yeah. remember, he has that moment when Ramsay's tricking him. Where he's like realizes he should be loyal to the Starks all along, and he loves the Starks, and he's this and that. Those were, and that was his freaking, family. That was his family, and he realizes it right before he gets tortured and has his dick cut off. I know it's so intense. Yeah, and that's the thing is he went through this weird thing of like, no, I'm Ironborn. I was always Ironborn, yeah. and they you took me from my original, like my right. proper home. Self righteous. Yeah, moment. he gets in this moment and that that one sort of moment, and then his dad doesn't even accept him anyway. That's no. the funny part is that like he was not re- accepted again by his I father. I know his sister tried to help him. Yeah, and she was too late. He was already like a dog by that. Yeah, point. but like, he seems like that. I mean, the fact that he was crying as he's like deflowering violently, um, Sansa. Like, yeah, it looks like he's coming around and he's upset and then in the previews for the next episode it looks like they have a talk where she says i still have friends in the north and blah 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 yeah and he there's a scene that looks like he's a lot more cognizant like he's not just a fucking glazed over yeah dog he's sort of like he has like a look on his face like i'm theon Greyjoy, right not reek the dog or whatever well yeah. and i'm surprised that they actually did go through with the wedding ceremony because that is completely off book like in the mm. book it's like Sansa's not even there. Hmm. He they pretend he marries somebody else who they say is Sansa, right. so that people think that she's there, but it's not really her. Yeah, and so they've definitely they're going in a new they're really going in a new direction. Well, yeah, yeah, it's probably probably gotten to a point. They're so far into it, and George R. R. Martin's not done the story, not or, finished the and story. Never will, and probably won't be. Definitely won't be in the next three years. Yeah. And that could be three seasons that right. where the show should be over. The show you know should I mean? be. I mean, well, when we we talked about this after this episode. That because okay, so a lot's happened, but like one of the things that w- we both sort of felt after that with Sansa is like, how much can we take as an audience of injustice? And that's the thing with these shows. I mean, we've gotten so much of it from Game of Thrones, but the thing that I feel is different with Walking Dead is that there's injustice. But they always bring it back to these victories that you can get behind. And then it's like throwing the audience a bone. And it's like, I feel like, and this is clearly what George R. R. Martin does in the books. Like, 
he doesn't there's no bone thrown to us ever well there's no counterbalance like you no know, I, don't counterbalance. Even, I don't need like a bone as an audience member but i just need like fucking i don't know i just it's not like an anger thing it's just sort of a losing interest thing well i feel like, it's well, an anger thing I, i'm not too like i don't i don't know i'm not too like angry but it's like and the other thing is, is like if you keep killing off all the lead characters i'm just gonna lose interest in the show Completely. because unless you introduce these characters on the fly that are just as interesting like there's only so many storylines you can now take or there's so many paths that you can go with this that are going to keep the audience engaged and, yeah. until where you just sort of have to end the show. I know. You know what I mean? Because, you know, what, how, who else can you kill that is that important to the audience that it's going to mean something, but then not fuck up the future of the right. storyline? They can't kill Khaleesi. They can't kill Jon Snow. Yeah, there's like a I handful mean, of people that you but and, you can't kill. And or, those are the two big storylines yeah. right now that you're that everyone's kind of following. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Arya storyline, I mean, I think you think it's more interesting than I do. Well, I, I just really like uh, i'm holding out on it but it's okay. not that interesting i mean it's sort of in- fun interesting to watch it grow but like the scene by scene isn't really that interesting it's kind of boring it's just a lot of like fucking wax on wax off stuff and so i feel like it's just sort of killing time it's definitely killing time because you know because i really like the man without a face and i like that story and i like jack and agar like he's probably one of my favorite characters in the show just of like who he is right. and what he does but when we learn more about what's happening with that whole world with the, yeah. the room of all the face heads thousands of these faces yeah. those are all the faces that you can use right. um, in your quests and in your assassinations and that's cool I mean it was cool there were some cool things in this episode uh, what's it Tyrion and uh, Joram get Jorah, Jorah yeah. get caught by pirates and they end up they're gonna get taken to wherever marine or whatever and they're gonna be put they're gonna be put into the fighting pits right you know and so that's an interesting that's an interesting revelation and and also seeing following where Tyrion's going to end up is interesting or kind of like that's a big story Tyrion meeting up with khaleesi is is, there's a lot of anticipation there Mm -hmm. um we find out that jorah's father was the the commander of the night watch that got killed by By his own his own men In the keep, Craster's keep. In Craster's keep, yeah, yeah, and, and that's uh, kind of a cool side note. Yeah, it's cool, and I feel like they're going to hold out with the meeting of Khaleesi and Tyrion to like the last or second last episode. That's what it oh, feels yeah. like. They, what are we six course. episodes in this coming? Are week? we already? Yeah, We're five coming or up. Six, yeah. yeah, for sure. So if there's ten episodes, is it you know ten Something eleven? Like that. It's never enough. No, it's never enough <laughs> for a year break. Yeah, and then they go away, and then you have to like go. They, you go away, and then you have to like fucking restart everything again. Like fuck, okay, here okay. We go again. Well, that's why I think you the counterbalance is even more important because yeah. you, you there's a year in between seasons, and yeah. so literally, like you said, it's like if you don't have something to really kind of be. Yes. Yeah, you want something to for, root for at least. Then yeah. you're going to lose interest. You're not going to give a shit. You yeah. know, and you're like, oh, it's not going to come back for a year. And by the way, you left me with like shit. Well, and look at the way it was left last season. It was fucking get his head squished by the mountains yeah. fucking bare hands and then it's like all right see you next season it's like i fuck. know and we still were kind of like on board with that but now like i swear to god if they don't leave us with something remotely feeling like some kind of justice like the stark kids are gonna get have a reunion or something yeah just something like that they don't have to kill like everybody that. you know or i mean you know Tyrion did kill tywin last season at the end that was sort that was of cool. a little Fucking yeah, that was justice. That was, a little that justice. was some justice. That was a little bit of you know strike one for the good guys. Kind yeah, of thing. 
Uh, but and he killed the what's her name too is the whore of Babylon or whatever. Right. Uh, yeah. So that was cool. It, but yeah, it, I don't know. It, it depends on how they end it. Like I'm not as like eager to tune in week by week this season. I'm no, so like, I don't, okay, I'm not either. Time to watch Game of Thrones. See okay, what happens we'll this do week. It. Yeah, watch it up. See what happens. This is cool. Nice, cool, interesting. Yeah, I'm not like fuck. Everybody, shut up. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Game Which of Thrones. Which is how we are always with Walking Dead. I mean, the thing though. I mean, of course, when we watch it, the production value, the acting, everything. It's it's you know by far the best show, one of the best shows on television, and best shows ever, really. Yeah, one of the best shows ever. But um, there's something. Yeah, I'm feeling a little bit disappointed and just like please and, yeah, give and the me season's something been pretty slow for me like it's sort of sort of picky ticky sort of little you know nothing's really further i mean one of the biggest things that happened was this last episode where marjorie and whatever tire oh and you know what they that, get, that's pisses me off too yeah that's a super that, Cersei so marjorie's move. like brother who we know is is gay yeah like he's been thrown in jail by this like religious cult group and mm-hmm. but that Cersei's basically the puppeteer and cahoots of with, yeah. yeah, and he's been brought before like a tribune, you know, Jonathan Price, who's the ringleader of it, mm-hmm. like to determine whether it should go to trial. And they bring that guy that he was like his gay buddy with, like out, and he confirms that he was, and he had a birthmark, and that also that Marjorie knew about it, yeah, and she's lying, and so mm-hmm. now they're both in jail, they're both and like, they're both going on trial. Cap, yeah, and it's a stupid fucking thing of like. You know the crimes in the eyes of God versus crimes of the the royal court, and so like the crimes yeah. of God supersede any sort of rule that the king has. Yeah, because which is interesting because that's very kind of early days of Christianity and the yeah. Crusades and everything. So it's, it's, it's I mean, there's on the one hand. It's an interesting storyline because they're making it. You know, very remember that we saw, or you, did you tell me about that thing where? It was some YouTube thing where they showed the influence of Game of Thrones on the real on the Tudor dynasty or the or the British. Well, it was the War of the, Roses. the War of the Roses. That's right. where they're basically saying like George R. R. Martin's clearly a large, a very you know huge history buff, and most of Game of Thrones is based on this period in English history, which is the War of the Roses, because right. it's like House Lancaster is House Lannister, and yeah. House York is House Stark, and there's the red red poppy family crest and the white poppy family yeah. crest and just how the throne keeps get taken over there's a child who's you know takes the throne and that's joffrey and right, ends right. Up getting killed by someone a brother that's that's stannis you know what i mean so it's all based loosely on, on real history on the yeah. war of the roses uh the british monarchy yeah and so i mean bringing it back around to things like that i think is interesting although i just to see Marjorie now in jail, who's kind of like you're, you're psyched because you're thinking Cersei's going to get her comeuppance. I know. I want to see when Cersei's going to be carted out naked in the street. Like I don't know. They're, they're veering away from the books, so I don't think they're going to do that whole thing. I know. Cersei just sort of keeps getting her slippery little hand into everything. Yeah. And now it's like it's so funny the way they sort of set them up in that trial where they like totally in, set them up. They interviewed him first, and then you didn't even know that that his little gay side piece was there. Yeah. And so they clearly wouldn't have like said those things if they saw him there. And then they right. just take him from out of the back, like well of our second witness or third witness yeah. and it's the fucking gay fucking side piece 
and he's like fuck and he rushes to get him like attack him and the guards and it's funny because there's the monk guards but then there's also the the castle guards and yep. they're both there and the castle guards go to like stop the monk guards from taking marjorie but then the king has the little boy king has to like stop them or yeah. jonathan price stops them because they have authority in the eyes of god because this is a crime against nature well the, but the, and also the king is like this little boy who has no backbone yeah and, and like, he's not able to stand up to anybody nothing yeah he's got nothing and that's the thing about joffrey is that joffrey had too much but this kid has nothing yeah yeah you know he's got you, you you know, he Joffrey would be like, I don't care about your fucking godly rule. Kill I'll them. Co- yeah. Chop them down and give you my queen back. Yeah. And fuck you. You know? But yeah, the kid just sort of lets it and sort of looks at Cersei like, what should I do, mom? And, yeah. you know, and it's like, oh, fuck, I don't know what to do. And she's like, are you going to let this happen? And all this Marjorie's being like taken to the dungeons, you know? Yeah. And they show her in the dungeon for next episode. Yeah. And, and she's literally in dungeon attire. Yeah. All like dirty and yeah, the rats like and the stuff. I don't know. I just, it's like just too much stuff that's making me go, no, are you kidding me? So I just hope that some kind of victory is going to happen. But it's hard to tell because yeah. they're not really like... I wouldn't hold my breath. Yeah. Not with this show. Like, Look at the track record. Like if they do give it, it's sort of like some sort of roundabout thing that they had to sort of write into the show to further like a different plot. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not like, here you guys go. Let's fucking kill Cersei. Woo! Know. Everybody I tune know. in next week. Cersei's going to get killed. Yeah. <laughs> Ramsey Snow is going to be killed. It's going to be so much fun. That's not That's not the MO of the that's show. That's not the MO. No. We still have to see what happens with Jon Snow and the Wildlings. And yep. We still have to see what happens with... Uh, uh, Jamie Lannister and Bronn have been captured. They've been, yeah, I guess they have. Yeah, they have. I they mean, they captured. have, but they're like also probably going to be able to talk their way out of it because it's his. Yeah, but it's left with them daughter. being captured because right. the three, the three girls, the three like Dornish girl assassins are going to go kill the Lannister girl, and at like and perfect stopped. timing. Yeah. yeah, it's like Bronn and Jamie are at like taking the niece back as the fucking Dornish assassin women get right. there too. And they have a little fight hand to hand stuff. And as that's happening, all the Dornish guards come and like, and save them. them. Yeah, yeah. And save them and capture everybody and they get taken away. And that's just where it's left. Right. So we have to see what happens there. Who knows? Well, we'll stick with it, but you know, I'm definitely a little disappointed. Yeah. You don't take these things too easily. No, I don't. I don't like injustice. That's my thing. Um, so we wanted to do a shout out to, they're already starting to talk about our, one of our favorite time of years, which is Halloween. That time of year. That time of year. Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. Um, John Murdy, who's the creative director, um, who has the coolest job on the planet? Apparently. He's the, I think his actual title is coolest job on the planet director. <laughs> <laughs> coolest, <laughs> also known as also coolest known job as ever. Coolest director. job recipient ever. Um, when apparently he started building haunted houses in his basement when he was 10 years old. And then he was a page at Universal Studios in the eighties and he just kind of worked his way up and now he's got the coolest job ever. And he's already, what he does every year is on Twitter. He puts out these clues for the mazes. Yeah. If you don't know, you can listen to our podcast from last year about universal Halloween horror nights. Uh, it's basically like all these big theme parks around the LA area do a Halloween themed sort of seasonal thing. And universal's really stepped up and really sort of taken like really, you know, 
they're at the forefront of all this next to you know what was the other one Knott's Berry Farms Knott's like Berry Farms Disney does sucked. one yeah they all are kind of fucking you know trail behind what Universal has now done especially in co- uh, connection with their Walking Dead the sort of tie in yeah they do. it's an incredible tie in it's but incredible it's, on, the on whole thing is amazing really like it, it's truly yeah listen to our podcast and you'll hear like the play by play but it's if you are on Twitter it's at Horror Nights and John Murdy runs that Twitter feed and he puts out these little clues that are impossible to figure out about what the mazes are going to be and yeah they do maybe nine different mazes they're all themed on either movies or just uh, horror characters they Chester's Chainsaw they, last year they did Alien versus Predator which, which is one of my one favorites of best, yeah. like it, like you might not get jumped scared but everything you're looking at is so detailed and to see that that universe sort of depicted in sort of real life form it's like it's really so cuz you always there's you've seen Texas Chainsaw stuff you've seen yeah. like uh you know whatever Frankenstein, Dracula, but to see Alien and Predator, like yeah. chess busters, people, uh, you know, well, and this out. is like really, this is movie studio quality stuff. I mean, yeah. remember they did American World in London last year? Yeah, too? that was awesome. That was so awesome. That was my favorite. That was your favorite, yeah. 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 And they do a Walking Dead maze every year. Yep. And they do a Walking Dead tram every year, too. The Terror Tram. Yeah. It's, and they're very closely working with Greg Nicotero. And yeah, Kirkman and, Kirkman and Nicotero. And they they take every year the Walking Dead maze is sort of a spin on what happened in the past season. So I'm guessing this season's going to have a little terminus. It'll have a little... Maybe. They had a little terminus last year, though, I think. Well, they didn't have like the blood trough or no. the car. They, no, they didn't. They didn't have terminus last year. They had the like. They might have the hospital this year. They might have a little hospital. They might have a little bit of um, Alexandria. Alexandria. And yeah, the I would think they would have Alexandria. Probably have some Alexandria in there. Yeah. Yeah. So we seem far away from Terminus now. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It was the beginning. Beginning of the season, but they might. They might have the church. They might. Have, they might have the church. You're right. Yeah. They yeah. could. They could have some Bob's leg roasting on the. Bob's pig. leg roasting. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool to see. <laughs> There's lots of stuff you can do. Yeah. So stay tuned for. Uh, more info on that because as the summer goes on, there'll be you know announcements on what the mazes are going to be, and we'll mm-hmm. talk more about it. Mm-hmm. And we'll do some uh, stuff to lead up to it, and then I'm sure we'll actually go and do another podcast, do podcast this from year. It, yeah, yeah, it's a fun thing to do, and it's a fun podcast to do. So it's stay a very tuned for fun that one to do. And I and uh, yeah, so that's I think that's about it for this week. Anything else we need to cover? Uh, just a couple. Um, weekly sneak peeks for summer movies uh this weekend is tomorrowland and the rocks san andreas and is it looks like a big cheesy independence day but supposedly the cgi on it's incredible so yeah there's some cool scenes where like a literal cruise ship is toppled over by a wave and breaks and crash it's like really looks you know it's huge it's pretty huge you know uh what's it man versus nature kind of thing so paul giamatti's in it and oh uh, yeah I mean, you know, those of us who live in the earthquake zone, yeah, it's kind of will be more terrifying for. Yeah, definitely go see it if you live in the earthquake zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Clooney's Tomorrowland, which is hard to get a beat on, but the early reviews are pretty good on it. Pretty good. No, we'll see. I mean, Clooney has good taste and stuff, but and we you know, like Clooney. Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't like Clooney? Who doesn't like Clooney? Clooney in a sci-fi movie. Will it work? Mm. I mean, he did Gravity. It's kind of sci-fi. Well, he did in that Solaris movie, which did not work. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, so he sort of tried it, but uh, this is a lot more. It's this a is more scale. like Hunger Games, Maze Hunter, Divergent. 
that audience. That audience. That's what it feels like to yeah. me. Is that it's sort of like that teen fiction, George yeah. Clooney goes teen fiction. Yeah. Teen Thanks. sci-fi, Ender's Game, bong, bong, bong. Well, if it works, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, folks. All right, jerks. All right, jerks. This has been another in. episode of the Herald and the Schmodcast. The Schmodcast. Thanks, audience. Toodaloo, jerks. See you, jerks. Yeah.